Shot of Wrestling, episode 122, and wait, we, yeah, step up to the break, we got MJP and Green Man, it's the brain and chipping and chip team, from my land to Japan and everywhere in between, get the up-to-date news on the wrestling scene, so take a shot, boy, is that the message you got, we are about to go live, are you ready to rock, so take a shot, boy, is that the message you got, from the fans to the fans, Welcome, folks. Episode one twenty-two. I am your host at Michael J. Putty. And if you guys enjoyed episode 121, well, you're in for a treat, because joining me this week, finally, I had to take the door off his hinges to let this guy in. The new voice of BCW, Green Man is back. Green Man, thank you for making time in your busy schedule for us peons, for us peasants. You know, you you asked. I had to check my calendar. I didn't I was, ask. I, I, didn't I, ask I wasn't all, able to. All right. Let's break kayfabe right now. It, it's been a while. I've been wanting to come to the show uh, for a few weeks now. A few weeks I've been trying to ask you, like, hey, who do you have tonight? I want to, really want to talk about wrestling. You know, coming out of BCW, I've been so hyped that I wanted to share my journey, my, my conversations with you. A lot of wrestling has been going on. And it just, you know, life got in the way. You know, one of the reasons I stepped away, got a new little baby boy, which I'm freaking in love with. This kid is, like, the best kid. He's not, not really new anymore. <laughs> he, he's like... The baby smell wore off a lot. <laughs> he's 17 months. He, oh, he's geez. one savvy mofo. So he's one. <laughs> you know, I, I started saying one, but then people are like, so how many months is that? No, he's one. But then they're like, oh, is he like 16 months? So I, if, it's like people want to know. Like, oh, he is 26 months, you know? like Oh, yeah. This is my baby, this is my baby Logan. He's 137 months. <laughs> I don't know why, but people want to know that they they don't they don't settle in for just like he's a year. They don't go ah. But when you tell him uh, seventeen months, he's like, oh really? Like they're astonished. Like oh you you're you were able to keep one alive for seventeen yeah. months. Congratulations. Yeah. But along with that, then work got in the way. It's just been it's been crazy. But you know, I've been listening to the shows. I've been wanting to come back. So thank you for opening the door and letting me come back, baby. I've been doing a great job well, listening to the shows. Sh- you know. I do not think you're a dummy. No. Don't. Don't, don't <laughs> steal my bits. Don't steal my bits. It's not how this works. Okay. But it's been good. It's been good. It's been, it's been a good listen. Um, the interviews have been going great, too. Uh, there's so many people that we've talked about. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. The older episodes, they're, they're like vintage wine. They just get better with age. I'm going back to episodes like 50, like like 69. The first time Eric Jaden came onto the show, episode 69. I'm going back to the, the love episodes that we created. There's been five volumes of it so far. Um, I went back to episode 100 with the Brooklyn Brawler. And, and I'm just going back and I'm like, wow. Like, one, it's nice to relive a lot of the news stories. And, you know, me and you 
know, argue back and forth yes. of, of why we should keep the news or, or not keep the news, but it's it's a good time capsule. Sounds right. To the episode. To to a sense. We don't want to extend the news longer than it has to be, but it is good. It's like a good time Sounds capsule. Right. Yeah. It's it's good to talk about. I like the conversations when uh, Hulk Hogan was in the news and was like, oh, Hulk Hogan versus Gawker for like weeks. You know, those are good stories. You know, it was, it was good to talk about. It was good to analyze, you know, and, and it's, it is a good time castle. But the other part of it was a time castle. <laughs> that's the other part of the old shows that I like. You know, you correcting my my punctuations my grammar so make sure my... basically what you're telling me is to like us on facebook follow us on twitter go back and listen to the other episodes uh, that's right that's true that's exactly what i'm telling you they they're they really just get better and so many people unbeknownst to us at the moment but so many people came to a shot of wrestling and dropped bombs let us know things and gave us exclusives we didn't even know about we learned about darius carter going on his uk tour we were the first podcast to know about that we we're the first podcast to know that logan black went on his uk tour you know uh tj marconi let us know about public enemy number one on a shot of wrestling months before his first vignette hit months before the thing he was doing with, with create or die happened, you know? So there were a lot of exclusives, you know, people who went on to WWE performance center came to the show and let us know about their experience. The rep recently was on the show. The first call they made was to a shot of wrestling. When they came back from their tour with GCW, they had their, their show with Matt Tremont out there and it was so good. They came to us. Um, so along with being a time capsule, it's good to like know that we got so many exclusives. Good job. They're all perfect. But uh, it, this is our time to catch up too, man. How you been? What's new with you? I've been very stressed. Very stressed. I have a small apartment, as you know. Not much room in there to put stuff up, especially a fucking guitar. Where the fuck am I putting this guitar? Oh, man. <laughs> I, bought a fucking, I bought a fucking wall hanger for it. Okay. But Not a stand, right? thought about the stand, but... I have no fucking room for a stand either. No. I need to hang it up, get it in my fucking way. So I need yeah. to get my fucking baby toe on it and break it for another two weeks. <laughs> I got to reorganize the fucking, all the belts I have signed. My house is a mess. There's shit everywhere. There's screws. I don't know where the these screws came from. Wow. I have extra screws. That's not a good sign. Couldn't find my stud finder. So I was trying to Google a stud finder finder. <laughs> well, I found it. Thank God I found it. So I'm going to be busy for the next couple of days reorganizing Casa de Putty. Well, so, well good I'm, thing I'm, we I'm were able to escape. Go to Omega Studios. It's nice and clean. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was waiting for you. Mike, the bartender downstairs, help me out a little bit. Yeah. We're good to go. So I'm uh, ready to go. How's how you been? You you have a nice uh, wrestling memorabilia collection that you are slowly growing. You know, if you think That's about the, it, before we started the show to where we are collection. now. It's mostly 8x10s. I got three signed belts and mostly 8x10s. Yeah, but you got the world championship signed by bret hart one of the best wwe champions of all time um your intercontinental championship is now signed by one of your all-time heroes right. jeff jarrett and you have a how do you say guitar guitar a guitar <laughs> signed by good old double j uh, you got a lot of pops figurines you have you have uh wrestling dvds you should start Consider getting those signed, maybe. No, because it's garbage. Yeah. Most of them are garbage. No, but let's say like you have the Edge DVD. You mean Edge one day have them sign a DVD for you? Thoughts? Mm. No? You know? We'll think about it. I mean, you're running out of belts. You don't got any more belts. Yeah. You don't want to go and spend money and be like, let me buy another belt so I could get The Undertaker to sign it. Or I, you I, could I, get I The Undertaker belt, yeah. DVD. No, I'm fine. Anyway, we're just rambling on now. Let's move on to uh, this past weekend. We were at the Crown Room on Bell Boulevard right. on Bayside, Queens, with our monthly viewing party for Money in the Bank. So let's go over to this week's replay. Okay. Money in the Bank, June 
17th, 2018. Emanating from the All State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Daniel Bryan defeated Big Cass via submission in 16 minutes, 19 seconds. Bobby Lashley defeated your best friend, Sami Zayn, in 6 minutes, 35 seconds. Oh, did we hear what happened with Sami Zayn? Seth Rollins mm. defeated Elias to retain the IC Championship in 17 minutes even. Great job. Alexa Bliss defeated Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ember Moon, Lana, Naomi, Natalia, and Sasha Banks to win the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match in only 18 minutes, 30 seconds. Roman Reigns defeated Ginger Mahal in 15 minutes, 44 seconds. Great match. <laughs> Carmella defeated Asuka to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship in 11 minutes, 10 seconds. AJ Styles was the last man standing against Cheesecake. Knock him over. To retain the WWE Championship in 31 minutes and 15 seconds. That's a good match. Rowdy Ronda Rousey defeated Nia Jax in 11 minutes and 5 seconds via disqualification. Very nicely booked. Enjoyed that match too. Alexa Bliss cashed in her contract and defeated mm-hmm. Nia Jax to win the Raw Women's Championship in only 35 seconds. Wow. And of course, Braun Strowman defeated everybody else to win the Money in the Bank ladder match in 19 minutes and 53 seconds. As expected. That was Money in the Bank in a nutshell. We had a good time at Crown Room. We had a good time. Yeah, the, the it was, turnout. It was very flowing. You know what? We're, we're, the nice thing about the Crown Room, it, it is a small, intimate place. It's not one of those big, huge bars just filled with the Raptors with like strangers. You know, like people you don't know. You come to the Crown Room, and it's a great location for a shot of wrestling viewing party. Because, like we say, when you're here, you're family, right? And not only a family, we're a solid family, a family that Trump can't separate. That's right. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, that left way harder than I thought yeah. you would. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but you know, we're, we've we've had a few viewing parties. We have a few regulars who come around, and we get so we're really getting to know everybody, and it's becoming like a little close knit family. So, shout out to all of you who keep on supporting, keep on coming out to this viewing parties. Good friends to this show, Pete Rosado stopped by. Uh, good friends to this show, Pat from the Boulevard Bully stopped by, and we just it was a good time. It was a very good time. Hung out with the voice, Erwin Escobar, this past week, and we talked about the uh, topic we always talk about, predictability. Okay. Yeah. Everyone knew Braun Strowman was going to win. It wasn't a shocker. It wasn't a surprise. But we were entertained by it. It wasn't a shitty match. Always. It was, it was a good match. It was entertaining. Him running through that fucking ladder. So, predictable, yes. Entertaining, also, check. Because it, it was a decent pay-per-view. Top to bottom. wasn't that bad. I think the match that sold that idea to me the most was it, it will always be the um, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31. Okay. No one was looking forward to that one. Nope. Um, okay. It was like really like I and then it, it became the main event. You know, it was the last the last match of the night, and we're like, "Fuck, really? Like this is how you're ending WrestleMania?" But then the way it was booked, the fact that Brock Lesnar literally violated Roman Reigns, it, it fed to what everybody wanted don't be revisionist here Roman Reigns come to hell his own too <laughs> he took a beating he took yeah. an ass beating but then he came back and kind of gave a beating of his own but then you were behind Roman because he was Absolutely. so beaten down for him to make a comeback it was something uh, it was very impressive it was something you wanted to see and then once to, not five six times but then finishing it off with, with with Seth Rollins cashing in his money in the bank and leaving Wrestlemania 31 with the championship a well solid book ending to a great Wrestlemania mania and that's what moments are made of it's not just you know you, you could book a match and say these two guys are going to do great together but what are you doing in the match what is the story that's going on in the ring and these are some of the things you know as a you know a a, a commentator who is very green in the oh, business geez. uh is is learning 
You know, there's a story that is being told and, and we as the voice of that story, you know, have to narrate that and we have to narrate it through the visual that we see the, of what the performers are putting out there. It's not easy, Michael J. Putty. I stumbled a couple of times. It's not easy. Yeah. And, and you'll, you'll catch all those stumbles when BCW comes out on Fight TV. Did you pl- plug the show at all? <laughs> too much oh, okay, too good. much so listen to the beginning of, of that card and it's like plug 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 okay yeah <laughs> i guess you want to talk about um trying to get a, oh. a little bit more in shape i found out that i have a a deep love with food recently and it's it's just like all food that's just really bad for me like i love fries Mm -hmm. burgers pizza and i'm like constantly eating it like i'm a creature of habit so before you see the big fat green man come in i decided that i'm going to take care of myself a little bit better you should because i have this stupid app called whatsapp Mm -hmm. and you probably don't give a fuck about me at all your wife does (laughs) and she'll send me videos and pictures of your baby son adorable isn't he so your beautiful baby you know i gotta share with a couple people at work you know yeah show the videos they're in love with him as adorable as he is appreciate it and one coworker goes oh that's able he's gonna gain a few pounds (laughs) (laughs) well yeah well he's a new father what do you expect baby weight (laughs) yeah it's 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 going on two years i have not lost my baby weight yet i'm sorry in fact i'm gaining more 17 months you're right in fact i'm gaining more but i literally this morning um and if you want to follow the journey of the green man getting back into shape into his green man wrestlemania shape at never gonna happen at instagram.com <laughs> that's right hashtag if i only had a dream i don't get that no, joke. no i don't get that joke no. If I only had a dream. That was the money in the bank in a nutshell. Make sure you're there at Crown Room and Bell Boulevard and Bayside Queens for Extreme Rules. July f- that's, that's booked, right? We're doing it? Yeah, right. sure. Yeah. Well, now, if you booked it here, then we have to do it, you know? I don't believe in With guest star, Ashley Graham's going to stop by. Whoa. With Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> so you're there at Crown Room, July 15th in Bayside Queens. Hashtag card subject to change. <laughs> nice. What's enough for us rambling on? How about uh, this week's interview, Green Man? What do you got for this week? Well... I'm beyond excited about the way that uh, New York City is getting behind Pride Month. Uh, we have, by the time this post, uh, we would have already had the Pride Parade in New York City this Sunday coming up. Um, and everyone is, I, I love it because everybody's just sharing the love. You know, it, it, everybody's allowing everybody to to be free, be who they are, and really embrace everybody. And that's something that in New York, it's great that we're part of that. You know, because in other countries, it's in other countries, in other states, I don't, states, yeah. I don't think it's it's as welcoming. Try Alabama, Mississippi, it's a different story. <laughs> but you know, it's it's good to see, and and I love New York. I don't think I would live anywhere else other than than New York City. Do you think you could li- li- live anywhere other than in New York? I would love to live anywhere. Else. Really? You don't like New York? I. Where love, would you live? I love New York. Born and raised, right? New Yorker through and through. But I had a coworker who moved away. A good friend of mine moved away. Watching a story about uh, migrants coming in from other countries and being fostered by fa- American families. Mm-hmm. The city they specified was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. And all those stories have in common is that a house in San Francisco, a house in New York, can cost one point something million dollars. I've been there. But in Kansas City, Missouri, in Mi- Pittsburgh, it's only like a couple hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So much cheaper everywhere else. <laughs> so much. So much. Uh, yeah, it's tempting. You know, tempting but- to move away. I could buy a huge house. You could. In Bumblefuck, Montana. 
you would have many, plenty of wall space to put all your wrestling yeah, right. memorabilia. Like a man cave. You could, you could have your man floor, <laughs> you know? Man house. I'm, I'm going to be a yeah. little, let's face it. Let's face it. <laughs> but uh, we digress for a little bit. Um, I'll wait a little bit. <laughs> and um, Pride week, right? Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, Pride week. And, and it makes me very proud. Uh, it's someone that I've been wanting to talk to, to for a very long time just because of what he has contributed to the wrestling business. So it is a pleasure not only to bring him onto a shot of wrestling, but for you guys all to listen to our conversation with Eddie McQueen. I agree, man. Take it away. Welcome to another special edition of our interviews here on A Shot of Wrestling. Now, we are big proponents about saying that wrestling brings us together, and today is no different. Today, I am joined by someone who's probably been on my list of people to interview for a very long time, the fabulous one, Eddie McQueen. How are you? I am wonderful, minus this terrible sunburn I have. Why? What's going on? Well, I went to Point Pleasant yesterday, and I fell asleep on the beach, and totally realized I forgot to put sunblock on my back, Ooh. and now I'm a lobster. Shit. Our host of the show will actually feel your pain, because there was one WrestleMania where we went to Miami, and I have this like formula of tanning, where you Ooh. do, yeah, you do like uh, SPF 30, at least SPF 30, all over your body, mm-hmm. and then every 30 minutes, you interchange it with uh, Hawaiian Tropics... Uh, body oil, which has like no SPF on it. Mm-hmm. And then you just do that every 30 minutes. You keep switching it, switching it, reapplying, and you come out with a great, great tan. Unfortunately, the host of the show, Michael J. Putty, forgot to do it on his feet. Ooh. So it is the one WrestleMania where he went in crutches because <laughs> he had third degree burns on his feet. Oh my God. <laughs> It was bad. It was bad. Sunscreen. Forever. Wasn't there a song, Sunscreen, also back in the 90s? I mean, I'm sure there's been some song somewhere that's been dedicated to self-tanning. <laughs> but it's it's a pleasure to have you on. I want to get to know you on a whole different level. I want our audience to get to know you. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your story uh, before becoming a professional ra- wrestler? Okay, well... Um... I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I'm from North Jersey, Morris County. Um, I was a regular kid. I did a lot of theater, a lot of singing. I was very into the arts. Like I did a lot of drawing, painting, all kinds of stuff like that. And wrestling was always kind of like my closet obsession. Like anytime I mentioned like liking wrestling to my friends, they'd be like, "Oh, you mean that stuff that's fake?" And it just like it was a, it was just something that bothered me because I loved it so much that I just stopped talking about it in general because I hated getting that negative reaction out of people. And when I was 18 and graduated high school, I was just kind of like, I don't really want to go to college. Like, I don't know what I want to do. And so I was just kind of working retail here and there. And there's a local American Legion that started running a wrestling company. And it was first Friday of every month. And I was passing by with my mom. And I was like, oh, my God, we should totally go to a show. Like, I had never heard of independent wrestling before. I had no idea it existed. And 
I, of course, I dragged my mom along because I'm not going by myself. <laughs> and I just I thought it was like really like a coincidental that it happened to be right in Wharton, which is where I live. And I was like, oh, my God. So I got to go. So I checked out the show. And it was, it was so funny because I was expecting like these big, strong men, which actually I, the first person I ran into when I walked in was uh, uh, the Jersey Devil. And I remember being scared shitless of him because he was just so big and muscular and he had these like flames on his gear. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill me. He's going to snap me in half. Yeah. He was like, what can I help you with? And I was like, oh, um, two tickets? He was like, hey, whatever. He, I hope it was like $20, $30, whatever he said. And I was just like, oh, my God, here, here's my money. And <laughs> my mom and I just kind of like scurried in and like sat right in the front. And I remember like watching the wrestlers come out and thinking like, none of these guys are really that tall. Because like, I, I always had this like crazy assumption that to be a wrestler, you had to be like at least 6'5". And if you weren't, like you were just, you were just shit out of luck. Right. Uh, so that's kind of like where I was with that. But... um. The one wrestler that really stood out to me was Jarrett Foster. He came out and he, I mean, Jarrett, if you know Jarrett, he's like, uh, maybe like five, eight, five, nine, or he's, a, he's a, around my height. And I, he was like, kind of like, he wasn't like a huge muscular guy, you know, like he was just himself. And I remember watching him wrestling and thinking like, you know, maybe this is something I could do. You know, maybe I could just go out here and like change the game, like be myself and do things my way. You know, that's what, that's what looks like a lot of these guys out here are doing. Um, and Shortly after that, um, the company that I uh, went to go see, which was D2W, um, opened up a school. And it was right in my town, which I thought was crazy because a couple months prior to that, I had started looking up schools in the area that I could train at, how much it was going to cost for training, how much professional wrestling boots cost, how much gear cost. Like, I look up all that so I could get, like, a, a total price range in my head. Of um, and a lot of the schools were far away, and I didn't have transportation at the time because I was fresh out of high school, didn't have my own car. So I was just kind of like, you know what, you know, maybe it's not going to work out for me. But when DCW got announced, it was right in Wharton. And I said, you know, that's fate. I have to go. So about two weeks later, I went down to the school. I put out a down payment and I started training. And the rest is history. Gotcha. Well, you have a very unique look to you. Is that something that came up throughout over time? Or like as soon as you became a wrestler, you knew you were going to go in, be yourself, and that was it? Well, you know what's funny is we all evolve and develop in different ways. But when I was going through high school, I always used to bleach my hair with like box dye, and it was always like like piss yellow. It was so bad. I would I was experimenting with self tanning in high school, so I was always looking like an Oompa Loompa, which is so crazy <laughs> because you know wrestling is so cosmetic, and I had no idea that all those years I was preparing myself, like testing out bad products or things that didn't work for me, things that did work for me, and. Um, I've always loved having bleach blonde hair and even growing up, I've always, I don't know why I've always just gravitated towards blonde. I love like blonde hair, I love being blonde. So like anytime someone was blonde, I was, Oh my God, like uh, mortal Kombat, I played as uh, Sonya cause she was blonde. Tekken, <laughs> I played with Nina cause she was blonde. I Liz for dead or alive. Cause all those chicks were blonde and they all had huge boobs. And I thought that was so hysterical. <laughs> and then actually my first wrestling game that I ever got was SmackDown versus Raw 2006. Nice. And at the time I had, I hadn't watched wrestling at the time. So I didn't know who any of these girls were. And I was just like, Ooh, there's four blonde girls and three brunettes. <laughs> Mind <laughs> you, two of the brunettes were actually redheads and were Lita and Chrissy. But I was just Aww. like, I only called two shades at that point in time. I was like 12 years old. <laughs> so I like, instead of 12, what is it? 12 shades of gray. It's like 12 shades of blonde. You know? <laughs> what a God. But, um, yes, I don't know. I always liked the platinum blonde hair. It's the, I've always kept that. There was a short period of time where I dyed my hair black. That was just because I was bleaching my hair so much that it was falling out of my hair. So I kind of had to, like, do that to let it regrow. Yeah. Um, 
But I feel like, though, my, my look has just kind of developed and evolved since starting wrestling. You know, you kind of don't have an idea of exactly what you want to look like. Like, when I first started wrestling, a lot of my stuff was, like, off the rack. Like, I had, like, studded vests or skinny jeans or fluffy boots. And then as I transitioned from, like, managing to wrestling, I was like, okay, I need to get gear. So I started talking to, you know, a couple of guys in the back, like, where they get their gear, you know, what's the best material, all this stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. eventually you just come up with a look that's good for your body or, you know, color scheme that you like and... I'm lucky that when I started teaming with Rick, he introduced me to um, Butch Diva, who is a fashion designer out of Brooklyn, and a lot of our stuff we get made from her, and it's, like, amazing when you walk in, because she has all these fabrics and different, like, prints and costumes that she's made, and there's so much, uh, like, art in the air, there's so much inspiration in that environment, and it's so much fun to, like, go and, like, get gear made, you know? Yeah. Now, getting into the world of professional wrestling is, I'm sure, very tough for a lot of people, but it must be even a little bit tougher um, for you, who is a gay man um, Mm -hmm. in a world that is very physical. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you find was one of the toughest um, parts of it going into it with already this different kind of outlook? Well, when I was 19, that's when I started wrestling. Like I was about to turn 20. And uh, I had blonde hair at the time, and it was funny because uh, the first person I met at training was, again, uh, Jamie, who was Jersey Devil, and he, you know, complimented blonde hair. He's like, oh, yeah, I like the blonde hair. It's nice. And I was like, oh, okay, that's 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 cool. I guess they're open to different things. I was Because like, I, I really did not know what to expect getting into wrestling. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I went in with a complete blank mind. Like, I was just like, I just want to do this. I know I have to do this, and I'm going to go do this. That's awesome. But, like, I really was not ready for what wrestling was going to be and what it was going to do to me. Mm-hmm. But... I was out when I started wrestling. I was out on my friends and all my family. But, like, when I first started wrestling, I was like, should I tell them now or let them figure it out? Or, like, because mm-hmm. I didn't know how people were going to feel about that, you know? Because <clears throat> when I started wrestling, being gay in wrestling wasn't, like, a thing. Like, I had never heard of other gay workers because, again, I had never known of the indies. And, like, you never see them on right. TV because no one wants to put them on TV. Right. So it's like, okay. I, you know, I felt alone in, in, in a sense. I was like, okay, this is going to be just kind of like high school. Like, I'm going to have to fend for myself. And I'm going to have to, you know, think for myself and make uh, conscious, like, good judgment decisions on, you know, myself and things around me. Because you know, growing up gay, you experience a lot of different things that normal people don't. And, like, you get different views of people that, you know, other people don't. And it just, it kind of, like, it makes you think more than most people do about certain things. Like, you think past of what other people would think, like, of, you know, your mannerisms or the way you talk or... I was very unathletic getting into wrestling. Like I said, I did theater all growing up through high school, so mm-hmm. I was never an athlete at all. You know, I, I had a very theatrical background, so that you know helped me out in terms of like character development. Yeah. But I was not an athlete, and I was really, really out of shape wrestling. I was 250 pounds. I had never lifted weights in my entire life. Like I was really badly out of shape, and I think that was probably the absolute hardest thing for me in getting into wrestling. Other than, you know, trying to uh, fill people out, it was definitely the physical aspect of it because it was just something that I had never experienced in my life. You know, like growing up, like I have like my mom and dad, my sisters, and I do theater. I go to high school. Like I, I lived a very like a very safe life. You know, I was in my comfort zone. So getting into wrestling really pull, like straight pulled me out of it, like by the hair. I was like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? But, you know, I just kept getting up and going back for more because I just knew that it was what I wanted to do. And I had to keep going. I had to get better. There's uh, many conversations I've had with other people, um, and they've named you, Rick, also as like pioneers in this field where, you know, guys just going in there, being who they are, and, you know, still being able to hang with the rest of them, you know, and it's all about, you know, 
being athletic and, and doing the art of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's um, definitely, it's, it's all about proving yourself, really. I'm like when I first started wrestling and started traveling around, a lot of people could give me dirty looks. They'd be like, "Oh, who's this? Like, you know, who's this guy with this bleach blonde hair, dressed all nice? He thinks he can work. Well, he's fucking gay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's right. really what it was. And I had to bust my ass to earn respect. Now, in in the New York area, we're a little bit more open um, mm-hmm. to oh, people's sexu- sexuality and stuff. But I'm sure as a wrestler, you have to travel outside the metropolitan area here in New York. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? Have you felt like there's a difference in the way you've been approached in the locker rooms or in the ring? Well, definitely. I, I mean, everyone I've ever wrestled in the ring has always been, you know, fine. I've never really had. I, I mean, I had one issue in the ring with someone, but that's because he didn't know how to fucking work and he was terrible and he doesn't even wrestle anymore and he's an idiot. But um, a lot of times outside of the ring, mostly from fans or even like promoters, I've been really disrespected by. Like, I um, I won't say which company, but I reached out to a company about wanting to work for their company and all they had back to say with me was oh you just now heard of us and i was like oh okay because that was professional like i like like took time out of my day to like put out this email and like send you my professional pictures that i had you know taken and sent you a video and examples of my work and a resume you know what i mean like very professional like that's what you have to say back like and it's like i wonder if you say that to everyone or like if it's just like you just really want to be a dickhead this day or what but I also remember when I was traveling um, down through Ohio and towards West Virginia, I um, I won't say which company again, just because I just I don't like to do that stuff. Yeah, but no, I respect, of course. The, I met the promoter, and I shook his hand. He was like, oh, hey, you the faggot wrestler, right? Oh, and shit. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was Whoa. like, well, that's what work's going to be like today. <laughs> Better clock in now. <laughs> like, but, you know, I feel like as much as it sucks to have to be put in those positions, they make you better. And they make yeah. you they make you a better person because you have to rise above that kind of thing. You have to, you know, really show people that you are better than that, that, you know, you don't have a high opinion of yourself. That you don't believe your own hype and that you have to understand that when especially fans come to shows, they can say whatever they want to you because they pay to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of people get really sensitive over stuff. Like that, but you just kind of can't. You got to hold it up high and just know yourself worth to keep moving forward. You know, do what you got to do. Yeah. Now we started the show. We said uh, wrestling brings us together. Uh, we're strong believers of that. Mm-hmm. Um, who are you grateful for that professional wrestling brought them into your life? Well, I'm grateful for all you know the fellow LGBT talent that I've been you know lucky enough to meet throughout wrestling because they've really opened my eyes to you know the fact that I really am not alone because even though wrestling is a brotherhood. There have been many times when I've been in locker rooms and I felt like an outcast because I'm different from everyone else. But people like Rick, people like Jamie Senegal, Sonny Kiss, Ashton Starr, Tommy Purr, there's Billy Dixon. Uh, there are just so many like out talent nowadays. And it's, it's, it's nice to know that you have that kind of support system because it's like it's like a second family. It really is. I totally agree. And is there any professional advice that you have received throughout your years that you still remember to this day? Yep, mouth shut, ears open. I, you'll everyone always hears that, but yeah. a lot of people don't really heed that advice because you know you don't really understand. But it's true; it really is true. And I, I, there are quite a few times in my career where, even though like I have been told that numerous times, when you you know you have to learn by doing. You know, you have mm-hmm. to make your mistakes and learn them. But from just from my experiences and things that I've learned firsthand, that's the absolute number one advice that I recommend that everyone really take to heart and really think about. Is there any advice that people come to you specifically for? 
Um, I've had people come up to me and ask me about, like, you know, characters or, you know, uh, how ring psychology works. Because when I trained, I trained with Damien Adams for about two and a half years. And he constantly stressed the basics, the basics, the basics. We were constantly doing drills, always, you know, running psychology. Because that's really what kind of creates wrestling. You can't really, like, you when you get in a ring with someone you've never met before, you need to have a sense of ring psychology. Because every match formula is the same. It's just different stories being told within them. But I also get a lot of women that come up to me and ask me about makeup. So, (laughs) you know, and then it's like I have to disappoint them when they're like, can you do my makeup? And I'm like, I'm actually like licensed. So you you have to pay. Oh, no, hon. Where did you where did you learn that, though? Is it something that came naturally? When I first started wrestling, I was just putting on like BB creams and bronzers, just like Mm -hmm. even out my complexion and giving more of like a like a pretty look. Um, and then I just was watching YouTube tutorials. I watched my, my mom's a huge makeup fan. So I used to watch her do her makeup and I just started dabbling little by little different things. Like I would try to foundation or try to concealer or, you know, put on mascara. And then that helped me a lot too, because Rick, you know, knew so like much, not just regular makeup, but about show makeup about like, you know, having like a really strong contour or, you know, a really, a really dramatic look that would make you stand out, but you know, isn't look, doesn't look cakey. It doesn't look sloppy. So a lot of stuff I also learned, but just by watching him do his makeup and applying his makeup, like what your products are used, which tools you use and all kinds of stuff like that. But, you know, I also went to school for it as well. So I, I picked up quite a few tips going through school for makeup. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, while we're in the topic of makeup, fashion and makeup kind of go hand in hand, um, the fashion and wrestling, Let's rate them. Who do you think out there in like in the professional wrestling world is doing it right and who do you think is not doing it well? Well, I live for Bianca Belair. I think she effing slays. I think she is the absolute future of this business. And it's so funny because for a period of time I was watching women's wrestling and I was like, you know, it's I feel like I'm just seeing the same girls come through with just different looks and different move sets, but I feel like I wasn't really seeing anything really different and original. Yeah. And this bitch came through and started whipping people with a braid that was grown out of her head. <laughs> what the like? Where did she? Yeah. What a genius! Like that, she just changed the game. Like, why is she not main eventing WrestleMania and just spending the whole match whipping the fuck out of somebody? <laughs> just get a like big braid whip and you're out of the Royal Rumble. that thing is deadly but i mean as far as like as as look or aesthetic goes like that for me that stands out more than anything else in wrestling right now because it is so different than anything else i've ever seen before gotcha and um who's doing it wrong let me see i'm like trying to think of who's even on the roster right now i'm like uh (laughs) like like bray wyatt is is that a, a good look like, if you see Bray Wyatt out in a bar, you'll be like, that man looks good. You know what? That just sparked me. <laughs> I have a general statement. I'm so sick of seeing big, hulky guys with fucking beards. Like, how? Like, you all have a beard. That's great. Like, everybody why? has a. You're absolutely right. Because everybody has a everyone beard. Everyone has that long, stringy, wet hair. Like, that's disgusting to me. Like, <laughs> hey, listen, the green man. Fears the beard, first of all, because he can't grow a beard. So I'm one of the, those guys who, you know, I could go through to a five o'clock shadow every two weeks. You know, like it'll grow in every two weeks. It's insane. I don't. Grow I, just, I find that as just a really funny, like, double standard in wrestling because a lot of shows will be like, oh, I can't book you because I already have my gay wrestler. And it's like, 
just because we're both gay does not mean we won't both have a different match put in a different show. But it's like you could have six different guys on the show that all have the same biker shorts, that none of them are tan. They all have the same like half worked out body and they all have that same like long hair. It's like but you can have six of those guys that all look exactly the fucking same that wrestled the same match that the crowd didn't pop for. But you didn't want to book two gay talents because you felt like they're both gay, so it's the same thing. But you didn't see that all those guys out there are exactly the same thing. We're actually different, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's why I love shows like BCW, because they bring in different talents. They bring in Rick. They bring in me. They bring in Sonny. And it's not just, you know, oh, they're gay, so we only bring, you know, one in. It's like, no, we all get to wrestle here because we all are different. And we're we're and it's it's almost like understood that we're different like the way sunny wrestles is different than how i wrestle which is different mm-hmm. than how rick wrestles we're all three completely different things and it's like people understand that if they love wrestling and they understand how wrestling works yep no you're absolutely right um what do you think is the the biggest missed opportunity um in professional wrestling right now because there we've gone through like the women's revolution mm-hmm. um a, a while back we also heard stephanie mcmahon say that you know there will be more lgbtq uh storylines integrated into the the product so what right is- and I, I respect her for you know going out and making that statement but it's been two years since she posted that and nothing has happened um, and I'm not saying that it's, you know, a slow moving thing or, you know, what have you, cause I'm not in WWE. I don't know how things work up there. Like that's, you know, it's not my place to say why things are, aren't being the way they are, but I definitely think that is a missed opportunity, you know? And I say the same thing with TNA, um, bring on characters like this Aaron Rex, who is clearly, and so mm-hmm. obviously not gay. And you put him in this big white coat and give him the story and throw mascara on him. And you make him come out and do this flamboyant Dick is supposed to get over but no one understands it because it's not connecting why because it's not realistic i don't understand why in wrestling you can have a flavor of everything except being gay it's it seems like as far as it goes on tv it's only one set away first of all you have to actually be straight you can't actually be gay if you're going to be a gay character um and you know i mean you have to be uh masculine but coded in feminism you know what i mean it can't be just it's not a natural organic thing you know for example like look at the fashion police like fondango and tyler breeze like Mm -hmm. people would call them like the gay tag team but it's like they're not fucking gay they're just two guys dressed up in fake louis vuitton like you know what i mean (laughs) like they're not like and like i I think they're entertaining they're great wrestlers you know obviously they're stars but at the same time it's like that's not what it really is and you'd be surprised just how big of an LGBT community, like, as far as fan base is in wrestling, that feel like they're not, you know what I mean? Like, there's not a representation for them. And it sucks because, in general, they need to pop up in multiple places. Like, and again, this goes back to, you know, promoters feeling like they can only book a wrestler on a show. And, it's like, to me, that's, that's bullshit. You can, you can book as many talents as you want on a show and they'll all still do their job correctly and they'll do it to, you know, uh, 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 like a great level of, of performance, you know? Yeah. I feel you. Um, but like mostly like, for example, the most we've had, um, in the two years since Stephanie McMahon has made that announcement is Finn Balor put out a ballot club is for everyone. Sure. And that's great. But at the same time, it's, it's really, it's, that's just Balor saying you can be gay and be a fan of mine here buy this shirt that I put a rainbow on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like he's came out of the closet. It's not like he's, you know, out like going to LGBT youth centers or something like that and like showing support for the community or representation. Like it's just a t-shirt with a rainbow flag on it. That's all it is to me. And I, although I'm really happy that that's, that that's happening because that's, that's me. That's a first step. So I, that's a step in the right direction, but there needs to be more, more needs to be happening. 
what is more to you? Because like you said, it is a tough line to draw. Um, so if you were in control of that aspect of the wrestling business and making sure that the representation was put in the right way, what would you like to see out there? Well, I just want to see more just genuine people, you know, as like, like I said, with TNA going and doing the Aaron Rex thing, it's like, I, why waste that role on someone who's not going to do it correctly? Like, you need to have someone who actually understands that lifestyle and lives that kind of life to present that type of gimmick or character because that's what makes things real. That's what makes things believable. And that's how you get over. When you can make a connection to the crowd on more than just a, okay, he's wearing a fur, cl- uh, fur coat, so he's a flamboyant wrestler. No, it's not that. It's You got to let people show their personality and not, and not just, oh, I'm just gay. But it's like, but you actually, like, there's a person behind that rainbow flag that people are, you know, always seeing. Well, I could see why uh, you said earlier that people will come to you for advice about character development because it sounds like you have a good grasp, a good understanding about really creating the realism of a character instead of just Mm -hmm. creating the character and saying like, all right, so you're going to be a barbarian and barbarians have beards. So you have Mm -hmm. a beard, you're a barbarian, go out there, you know, but there's more to that character of the barbarian. There's so much more to it. And I think that my theater background really helps me in that aspect because when you're in theater and you have a character to play, it's not just playing the character. You have to embody the character and know how that character is feeling, know why they say or do the things that they do when you're portraying them almost like in the head. It's the same thing with wrestling. Like if you have a wrestling character, you need to know what that person does during the week, what they eat, like who they hang out with, like where their favorite, you know, like social spots are. Like, what are their, you know, what, uh, you just need to know everything about that character and understand why things are the way they are. Because if you can connect that and you can portray that while you're wrestling, that's how people can connect with you and understand you. Well, while we're on that topic, um, where does Eddie McQueen like to hang out on his spare time? Honestly, I am a complete homebody. I love my bed. <laughs> if I don't have a show, I don't have work, I don't have school, I'm in bed. <laughs> I really am. You... I'm not, or like, you know, obviously I go, I'll go to the gym like four or five times a week or uh, I will you know, go hang out and, you know, play some video games with friends, which, by the way, I'm a master of combat nine because I hate 10. 10 is disgusting to me. 10 is way too much like Injustice. All right. So that wasn't even a playable character. Neither. Oh, I didn't want to talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what I do. Other than that, you know, I don't really. So you're I'll laying travel, in bed, I'll, hanging out, yeah. uh, playing I'll, video I'll games. Travel every yeah, I'll travel every once in a while. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, to see family and stuff. Like, I'll, my sister lives in Colorado, so every once in a while, I'll go out and visit her, and we'll go skiing and do some tubing or nice. sightseeing or. You know, I'll, I have family in California as well, so I'll go visit them. Um, I have a sister that lives out there as well. You know, just pretty simple stuff. You know, uh, wrestling is very tiring, and so is, you know, working and going to school. So I, I just love to sleep. <laughs> I really I, do. You've mentioned your mom in the conversation a lot. It sounds like she's like a your best friend. Oh, I love my mom. Yeah? I, love her. I don't know what I would do without her. Um <laughs> How does she feel about you pursuing a career in professional wrestling? I mean, having a loved one in the ring in a physical environment, it's sometimes tough on some people. Well, she's very, very accepting of it. And she is very supportive of it. 
she does have her doubts at times, but she does support what I do. And she knows that I just, she, she can, she knows the passion and love that I have for wrestling and you know, how long I've been watching it. And she, she like knows, like if, if you, if I put on a theme song, she'll probably tell you who it is just because she knows I've listened to, you know, wrestling music so much. And she knows that I have a really, really strong passion for what I do. And I think that, you know, she just does what she can as far as, you know, supporting me and my career and, I really appreciate that because not people get that, you know? Yeah, for sure. If we get back together in a year from now, um, what would you like to be bragging about that you just accomplished this past year? I won't be able to say that I was signed or that I wrestled on TV or that I got to do extra work or something. Cause I, I've, I've been wrestling for five and a half years now and I've had opportunities, but they haven't been seen to fruition. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, um, I've, I've had contacts with a couple people who are, have been in and out of TNA and this is mostly between 2014 and 2017 because mm-hmm. I really, I really haven't been focusing much on wrestling this year because I did school and that was a, a really big undertake. I really want to be able to finally at least just have a match on TV or be able to work as an extra because I feel like the amount of work that I've put into wrestling, I need some sort of validation that where I'm at is the right spot. Well, Eddie, uh, it's come to our time. If anybody wanted to follow you on social media, where could they do that? So they can add me on Facebook. Uh, you can just type up Eddie McQueen and I should pop up right there. Um, my Twitter and Instagram is at The Fabulous Life. The last E in life is a three. So it's spelled The Fabulous Lif, L-I-F, three. Cool. Because a lot of people get that confused. You know, they'd be <laughs> like, what is it? They'd be like, how do you spell fabulous? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you've been truly a pleasure and there's a lot more business that we got to get to through this show but do you mind staying on for last call absolutely let's do it If you enjoyed this episode of A Shot of Wrestling with Eddie McQueen stay tuned and stick to the end for last call It's In the News with Michael J. Putty and the Green Man. Thank you so much, Eddie. It, it was a pleasure uh, to have that conversation with you, my man. Lord of Love, good interview. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Larry Legend, for remembering that this is In the News with Michael J. Putty and the Green Man. It's been a while since I've heard that because usually it's just In the News with Michael J. Putty. Yeah, because you know. No agreement. <laughs> so thank you, Larry Legend. We'll get into some news. Unfortunately, we start with some sad news leon white vader passed away at the age of only 63 the news was announced by his son on his official twitter saying and i quote it's with a heavy heart to inform everyone that my father leon white passed away on monday night at approximately 7 25 p.m mm. around a month ago my father was diagnosed with a severe case of pneumonia he fought extremely hard and clinically was making progress unfortunately on monday night his heart had enough and it was time Oof. it was time so of course all the all bits and tributes are flowing through Right. Learned a lot about the man. I didn't know, didn't really know much about Vader. Really? What did you learn that you didn't know? Before his wrestling career, he was a football star at the University of Colorado, where he was a two-time All-American offensive lineman, which makes sense. Early on in his career, they, they talked a lot about that, though. He was drafted by the Rams in the third round yeah. in the 1978 NFL draft and played in the Super Bowl fourteen against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, that I didn't know. That's pretty cool. And as a pro wrestler, Vader was a three-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Three-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. 
one-time WCW United States Heavyweight Champion. And in 1993, he beat second runner-up Shawn Michaels and runner-up Bret Hart to become the Wrestler of the Year. Those are two big names to fucking beat. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, of course, he also made appearances on Baywatch and, of course, most notably, Boy Meets World. Why most notably? But and I'm not trying to be like did you watch Boy Meets World. No, I did, but not. Of course, but I'm not did. trying to be like snarky or anything about it. But I'm just like, why most notably Boy Meets World? Because everybody remembers Vader for his cameo in Boy Meets World. Think- what was it so big that that the image is so ingrained in a lot of people's minds? I only think he did Baywatch at Boy Meets World, and Baywatch Baywatch was a brief cameo. Mm-hmm. Boy Meets World was a story arc. Oh, okay. he was the father of the bully. Okay. And he appeared in multiple episodes. Mm. And, of course, that was the heyday of his wrestling career. And, like, oh, it's fucking Vader. I know him. I know Vader. According to Penga, dancing in the middle of the WF ring. Right. Those are images you remember. Cause so you a, think the storyline was, was, it was more of a character, he played in, a character in, in, into yeah. Boy Meets World. So, so it's, it was not just a one-off. I could, I could take that. And also, I think it, as a pioneer, you know, this is something where a wrestler just beginning to take it into a mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, sitcom, you know, that wasn't yeah. really happening. You know, you had Hogan who was going into the movies, but which other superstars were really infiltrating the the sitcom world, the television world, you know, so definitely opened the doors. And then you look you look back, you know, to The Rock, John Cena hosting SNL, you know, or or other people doing uh, like Mad TV. Remember, there was a few wrestlers who did Mad TV, too. So maybe that was just the, Triple the beginning H had a couple part. on Drew Carey show. Yeah. So pioneer. Who did the show for 122 episodes? Yes. And it feels like throughout those t- the time span, I would have some sort of report about Vader's health. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it was never good. So I guess, you know, sadly he's gone, but I'm happy to be, he's finally at peace. That's true. There's no more reports of him suffering heart disease or this surgery or that or surgery. Vader's back or, in the hospital. Back in the hospital. Yeah. Finally at peace, so thank you for everything you've done. And uh, rest in peace, Vader. Any Vader memories offhand? I meant like the Boy Meets World was big for me because... I think the Boy Meets yeah. World was for me too. I mean, out of all the interviews I, I've I've uh, heard or I've seen, anybody who ever talks about Vader, you know, this big intimidating guy, always says biggest teddy bear. Biggest teddy bear. And if anything, um, he was one of, the, from what I hear, one of the shyest people backstage. He kind of kept to himself. He really wasn't like, you know... what. As that big personality that came out, you know, through the curtain. So no one had nothing but kind words while Vader was alive to say. So now that he has passed, like all those great stories that people actually had the opportunity to share. I think last year, I live two blocks away from a wrestling store. Yeah. And he was there a couple years ago. Oh, cool. I think maybe even last year. Yeah, recent, I think. Um, Yeah, I wasn't aware of it until after it happened, unfortunately, because I would have went. But In other news? Big cast was released this week, and here we go. It's believed there was a number of incidents that caused senior WWE management, including a Vince Man himself, to be unhappy with Wow. Big Vince is unhappy with you. Ouch. Kind of done. Firstly. What did he do? A couple I'm weeks curious. ago. A couple weeks ago, we reported that there was an incident with him in the ring with a little person. Yes. That he gave him like a big boot or punch in the face. Vince did not want to do it, but right. he did it anyway. Vince right. was pissed. So that was the first thing. In addition... An incident occurred on WWE travel bus in between stops, I guess, I guess overseas, mm-hmm. where he got stuck in the bathroom. He got stuck in the bathroom? Yeah. Like in the, bu- yeah, the, the bus, bus bathroom? He thought it was a rib, so he broke the door down so nobody else on the bus go to the bathroom in privacy anymore, <sighs> leaving a lot of people unhappy. Did he really get... Was it a rib? Like, did no. They... The door got jammed. Oh, God. 
There have also been further reports from Sports Illustrated that Cass had a huge, nasty attitude when he was drunk and rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Ooh. Furthermore, well, that had an attitude when he was drunk, like what, well, like no, no. a bad it, attitude, yeah, bad or attitude. was he like too no, touchy feely with the ladies? He had a was... bad attitude. He was nasty, bad attitude. Hmm. Furthermore, he reportedly threatened 205 Live announcer Vic Joseph. According to DirtySheets.com report, Cass threatened to take his head off after seeing him chatting with Carmella. Oh, God. Although everyone knows Joseph and Carmella are good friends backstage. I mean, we know that. God. Cass Such an suggested idiot. that something was going on between them. And, and if there was, dude, that's not your girl anymore, so get, get over it. In addition to that. What? That's not it? After his loss at Daniel Bryan Money in the Bank, Cass left the show immediately which was seen as disrespectful by many in the Hell back. Hell yeah. I think it's a rule you can't leave. No, that's a big no-no. That's a big no-no. Which led Vince McMahon himself to call Big Cass into his meeting to let him know mm. he was being released hours mm. before SmackDown went there. Mm. That sucks. He is currently under a 30-day non-compete clause, which is usually 90 days. So I'm surprised why it's only 30 here. But in over 30 days, Enzo Memorial appearing at high intensity Seven. for house of glory yeah big cast for Enzo Amore? i mean as soon as uh i've been talking shit about big no cast. but as soon as um the news broke that this big cast was released only hours later maybe within the 24-hour range hog went to their social media and proclaimed that they had just signed a wwe talent for high intensity seven allowing everybody to just assume obviously if you're booking enzo that you just found out that Big Cass was released, that Big Cass was the big payoff. For them to announce they signed a WWE superstar mm-hmm. the day he was released. Okay. Knowing they have Enzo Amore. If it's anybody but Big Cass, it's a disappointment to let down. No? Unless I'm a huge, massive Hall of Famer, like Shawn Michaels or fucking my man Jeff Jarrett again. <laughs> it's going to be a letdown. It has to be Enzo, uh, Big Cass. But can he sign bookings within the 30 days? I don't think he can. There's no. the 30 days are up to book. Yeah, but you could. Oh, then that that would be very risky for House of Glory to go out and say, "Hey, you know what? Um, I'll take your word that you will appear on our show, and I'll start creating the buzz." I mean, but then also House of Glory has a lot of deep connections with yeah. the WWE and their superstars. So, True. you know, they've booked Ultimo Dragon, they've booked, like you said, Jeff Jarrett, Ric Flair, um, Hart, Bret Hart, boys, lovely boys, everybody who's anybody. You know, it's one of the big promotions in our area. So. They could maybe they could easily just sign someone who is a former WWE talent. Is there anybody else who recently was released? Rich Swan. Rich, I mean, Rich Swan is a former WWE talent, former champion. That's, I mean, yeah. So who knows? Only time will tell. One person it won't be Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is out of action for the foreseeable future after having surgery on a torn rotator cuff this week, and will also require surgery on his other rotator cuff. That sucks. He told WWE.com, and I quote, I guess people don't know about this injury. I've been working with it for some time. I don't know exactly when it tore it, but then my left shoulder, a.k.a. my bad shoulder, you know, the shoulder he tore during mm. his debut with John Cena? Yeah. Started acting up again. Well, that shoulder hasn't quite been the same since the surgery. So I just kind of got used to it, but it kept getting worse and worse and mm. worse. So long story short, it turns out I have two torn rotator cuffs. Oh, that sucks. Just when he's getting good. Yeah. Whole- I'm not a big Sami Zayn fan, yeah, i got to be honest, but... I do feel for anybody who suffers an injury, regardless if I like him or not. And also going on, like you were saying, like he was just starting to come up into his own and, and get 
you know, a good following behind him, you know. He didn't come out to a quiet crowd. Um, so it is a shame. Do you think he fought? Obviously, he must have fought at Money in the Bank with, with that injury. Yeah, he fought injured at Money in the Bank. And it, the rumor was he was going to take some time off after Money in the Bank. Yeah. But not for surgery, for mm. a torn rotator cuff. That must have been why he, he lost so disgracefully to Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like, Bobby yeah. Lashley, like, one hand pinned him. I'm like, dude, you just totally buried Sami Zayn by doing that. Like, I was He's, pissed yeah. for for Sammy because I'm like, why would you let someone do that to you? I heard me? you say that across the room because you weren't sitting next to me. You were sitting next to Pete Rosado because he's too big time for me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. I was like, are Bobby, you kidding me? The Bobby Lashley feud was kind of boring and lame. But the last couple of weeks, he just turned up a notch and actually owned it and became this character that was like. Yeah, I like Sami Zayn. Looking forward to Sami Zayn. Yeah. What he had to say, what he's going to do. So, bad timing. Um, hopefully, he'll be back for WrestleMania. Reports are that he might not. It, it, it's very close. So I think I think does. the time frame is he could pull... Uh, it, it kind of feels like the Seth Rollins stories where he, he probably could go so far once WrestleMania season comes around. But then, you know, someone's going to have to make the call a month before and say, hey, you may just not be ready enough. Well, you may not be a Sami Zayn fan. Well... On Instagram, LilyCat85 said, they let him waste away and will probably release him when he returns like they usually do with others when they return from injury leave. Mm. Eh. Busta K. Rhymes. I don't know how you pronounce that. Busta K. Rhymes? Busta Crimes? Busta Crimes. Crimes. Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, he said, and I quote, a crying emoji. That sucks. Mm. Kilberg Sean said, get well soon, Zemi. So Zemi has a lot of fans out I, there. I'm telling you, he was, he was on the upswing. But a busy week for Triple H. I'm sure you're going to tell me why. WWE has just announced they'll be launching an NXT UK series following oh God, the talent very from big. the UK and Ireland. They also announced the introduction of two new titles, the UK Women's Championship and the UK Tag Team Championships. NXT UK will begin taping television this year, later this year across the country. Triple H said, and I quote, the UK has an amazing talent base and incredible, passionate fans that are deserving of their own showcase. This is the next step in our ongoing strategy to create localized content and further develop our brand globally. NXT UK, I told you about it. You said it was a smart move. Why? Absolutely. Um, I think that NXT is a great brand, as it is. Um, and, and the question is, where are you going to get the, the next crop of talent? You know, when you look at wrestling back in the days, you had a lot of developmental um, companies. OVW, yeah. OCW, yeah. There is no OVW anymore. The old NXT, which used to be developmental for the WE, is no more. So it's about time that you know, the E is looking at independent wrestling companies as those developmental territories for them. And those are big companies out in, in England. You know, you, you mentioned last time you have progress. You know, when they come to our area, they fucking sell out shows, you know. And this is with, with a roster of people that we we don't see, you know, unless you're big into the independent scene where you're reading the internet blogs and following all the YouTubes. You really don't know these guys. But when you you obviously need to develop a big fan base enough to sell out shows, in in areas that you're not really running. I think it's a great move. I think it's a great, great move. And also the fact that, you know, this uh, United Kingdom Championship came around, what, a year ago? Uh, I think so. Right? And they're really... Done nothing with it. Have done nothing with it. This was only the logical thing to really put the spotlight on um, another uh, on, on more product. Get more, more eyes on the WWE product. No network has been announced yet for the NXT UK, but I'm assuming it's going to be WWE Network, no? Yeah. I mean, it's more original content for the WWE, which is so brilliant. I, I mean, one of the main reasons the stock is up. One of the main reasons it's the WWE oh, network. I forgot, I forgot to mention that last week, two weeks ago, I was wanting to buy WWE stock. Yeah. 
Especially when it was going up to. and up and up. <laughs> My brother bought stock in WWE. Shut up. Really? He bought it. He made a killing. But to know something. Does he still has it? I think he still does, yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know, when he's here, you're, he's family. So uh, well, it's like here, we have. Family. When he's like not here, he's still family because my brother. <laughs> he, so we do have WWE stock. You know, what, what's the shame is uh, my my wife works for a uh, a company that, that uh, part of their business is this stock sharing and all of that. And uh, her boss always is like, why doesn't your husband own WWE stock? Don't you? <laughs> and literally he has consulted me on, you know, I'm making financial decisions when it comes to WWE stock because he knows I'm so invested in the product. Um, so he and I told him and I can't believe the fact that I told him this was going to happen two years ago, right after, you know, the WWE network was starting to take off. And I was like, you know what? WWE is definitely a company that you want to invest in. It's yep. at the right time. You're probably going to get it at the right price. And from what I understand, the NXT product, this was before NXT is what it was, before they were going into Barclays Center and selling out shows or bigger arenas. And he was like, all right, yeah, for sure. That sounds right. You know, if if the brand is growing, it's going to put new 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 eyes on it. More people are going to be investing in it. It only makes sense. And it's a shame that I was able to give advice, but I was not able to follow my own advice. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, kicking myself about that. You know? Do you know who owns WWE stock, by the way? Triple H. It's a man. Jeff the man. Intern owns WWE stock. Oh, really? I'm surprised. Jeff the Intern owns WWE stock, and he bought it back when I want to say it was $12 a share. So why does he come on the show during the, <laughs> the conference calls? Uh, live recording this oh, conference Oh, he probably could. He probably could. In other news. W announced... 2018 May Young Classic will take place on Wednesday, August 8th and 9th at Full Sail University. No word yet on when it will air on the network, but probably later this summer, if not September. Triple H said, and I quote, We are thrilled to once again present the May Young Classic and provide a global showcase for 32 of the top female talent from around the world. Last year's event was a significant milestone in the women's evolution. I'm confident this year's event will break even more barriers. No doubt. I'm sure we'll keep you updated once they start announcing the competitors. Can we talk about some of the people that we want to see as competitors right now. Valley Rex and Santana Garrett. Uh, well, Santana Garrett no, was man, I recently... Want back. I want to bring back. <laughs> Santana Garrett was actually recently at NXT Studios. Um, if you follow her on Instagram, um, she recently... I, I don't know if she worked a match, or, but she definitely was at, at the NXT Full Sail Studios. Um, so who knows? Maybe we'll see Santana Garrett sooner than we think. Ali Rex for sure. Raw Superstar Federated only Ali Rex. She's what? making a name for herself. What else you think of? Um, Lufisto. You, you're the you're the Lufisto. Recently, so yeah, you know. Lufisto would be a great name for them to get. Like the amount of respect and the admiration that all female wrestlers have for what she's done for the business and what she continues to do, I think is only it's only wise to put Lufisto in the May Young class. Other names? Any other names? Faye Jackson, I think, could fare well in, in the Mae Young Classic. I think she has the moxie behind her and that attitude that, that they need. Um, but you also want variety. So I don't want to say that all the uh, superstars in our area uh, would fare the best. I mean, you have a lot of superstars um, in other organizations. You, you have the uh, real Brit Breaker. Uh, you have, um, I mean, Tessa Blanchard. What is she doing? She's starting in TNA. I'm sorry, Impact. <laughs> so still say TNA all the time. I sorry. mean, she was she was part of the first May Young Classic, no? Yeah. Um, bring her back. Well, speaking of women's wrestling, mm-hmm. oh, got another fucking show to watch. <laughs> what do you got? It was announced this week that Access AXS TV will be the TV home for Wow. 
Women of Wrestling. Wow. Exactly. Access TV will start recording WOW events in L.A. later this year for broadcast in early 2019. Information on the date, venue, ticket sales will be announced sooner rather than later. So they got nothing to go on. Just a TV deal. But we'll keep you updated when it comes, when it comes about. Yeah. Are you a big fan of, of, of women wrestling? Lately, yeah. Yeah? BCW's last couple of events, the women's matches have sold a show. Mm-hmm. And uh, going off the box office success of last year of uh, Wonder Woman. Okay. The hit success of Glow on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole women's revolution, the women empowerment, the Me Too, Time's Up. We're all about female power, girl power. Okay. I can't see the show not being a success. Yeah, but do you think... And because this is my shine, thought. Recently shine I know. And then this is where my thought is going to come with, with women wrestling. And I mean, no disrespect for what about, I'm about to say, so do not mistake what I'm saying in any wrong way. A show, um, a strong show, and you can see it in the WWE, it, it, it's a matter of highs and lows. It's a matter of offering variety and offering enough for everybody to grab a piece of. Women's wrestling is part of that piece. It's mm-hmm. part of the pie. I don't feel that it's, it's the pie. full pie. You know, when I went to shine, you know, it was great wrestling, you know, but it wasn't, I wasn't like, whoa, women's wrestling, you know, because it lost its luster. Women of wrestling. If you need an official podcast, <laughs> inbox at shotwrestling.com, your at Michael J. Party. We'll be glad to host. <laughs> Updating, or start from last week, Ring of Honor has lost their reserve date at MSG after communications with the WWE. They were reportedly adamant that they not hold a show at the Garden. Ring of Honor COO Joe Koff said that talks with WWE did lead to the decision to withdraw from the Garden, saying lawyers would get involved. No word yet if Mexico's AAA. Promotion still has its MSG dates booked, but we'll keep you updated. How mm. do you, you weren't here you in a while. How do you feel about Ring of Honor moving to the Garden? Well, I hope, I hope that the WWE having conversations with Madison Square Garden to prevent any other organizations to host shows there led to a little negotiation between the garden saying hey wwe what's up with that you you and uh you and barclay center what's up with that you and not having shows here during wrestlemania yeah. what's up with that someone posted on twitter hope this is a rebuilding so to speak yeah but i doubt it it's all about the money and i mean she's too small too expensive the barclay center i don't know i don't know i, t- I totally think they, they should totally do something at msg um but you know hey you have the manhattan center um, Ring of Honor could totally run shows there. There's going to be a lot of shows going on during WrestleMania weekend. As we know already, the convention, the WrestleCon convention is going to be at the Hilton. Um, okay. yeah, and the Hilton, uh, Midtown. Uh, yeah, just a few, few blocks of that big Hilton in Times Square. Mm, a few blocks away from Times. It's not the one in Times okay. Square. It's the one like on 57th yeah. Street. But yeah, there's, it's going to be freaking shows galore for every wrestling fan everywhere. In other news. It was announced this week that WWE will be returning to Australia for Super Showdown. The historic event is scheduled to take place on Saturday, October 6th at the Melbourne Cricket Ground and already announced is The Undertaker facing Triple H for the very last time. It will be the first pay-per-view in Australia since 2002's Global Warning Tour. Oh, wow. I remember that. It's kind of a kind of big news. got kind of swept under the rug with the news of Big Cass and Vader. Yeah. But yeah, so they're going to Australia. Speaking of Australia... You know? Iconics? Oh Let's my about the Iconics. god! No, sorry. Oh my god! I fucking love the Iconics. Ah, oh, so beautiful. Oh my gosh! I I I am becoming a big uh, SmackDown mark because Sa- SmackDown is saving my life with the Iconics. Going so, to it, Saudi Arabia makes sense because they're supposed to support a global incentive rebuilding process here. 
But why go to Australia? There's a lot of great wrestling in Australia, too. I mean, if you talk about uh, the United Kingdom having great wrestling, uh, Australia has great wrestling as well. Why, why not? You know, I think they should go to Mexico after Australia. WWE in Mexico, there's a lot of great lucha going on there that they need to explore and tap into. Illinois? Yeah. Cody Rhodes, Matt, and Nick Jackson announced all in on their official Twitter account will be broadcast in some sort of capacity. Huge. And I quote, we can confirm... We have decided in favor of licensing production, mm-hmm. so 100% of this event will be broadcast in some capacity. We want as many people to see this as possible. Details in the coming weeks, so uh, I guess we'll keep you updated. Do you think that's a smart move? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, because at first, a lot of people were saying, you know, for them not to broadcast it allows the people who are there to feel exclusive, like they're part of something that not everybody else could share, which in turn will build into an all-in two. Which, again, people want to be there. Not at the Garden. Not, well, there's plenty of other places in New York City, my friends. We got NASA Coliseum. We have Barclays Center. We have... What else do we have around here? I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I think so. Would it have been broadcast if it did not sell out in 30 minutes? Because the fact that it sold out in 30 minutes, mm-hmm. there's such hype about it now. Right. I'm like, oh, I don't watch Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah, let's check it out. So does the licensing agreement also then say that you could catch it free on a network? Doubt it. Or you're going to have to pay a pay-per-view for it? I don't think there's going to be a pay-per-view. It'll probably be streamed on sort of like Fight TV maybe. Mm. But you would have to buy it one probably. way or another. Fight TV is like cheap. Like 10 bucks. So probably. Yeah. That's huge. That's hu- that's even more money headed into their pockets. No news? In other news. 2K held a press conference this week in which they revealed AJ Styles as a cover superstar for this year's video game. The game will be released worldwide on Tuesday, October 9th for Xbox One, PS4, and Windows PC. However, in addition, they also announced WWE 2K19 Million Dollar Challenge sweepstakes. <laughs> Taking place for those games on PS4 and Xbox One exclusively, fans will be given the opportunity to take part in a new gaming experience and also test to try and defeat AJ Styles himself. Bring it on! <laughs> More details on this exciting opportunity will be announced shortly, so we will keep you updated. You're not a gamer. I don't think you care at all. So I, I, I am not a gamer. Yeah. Bring it on, AJ Styles. I got you. <laughs> I will own you. Yeah. This is the house that Michael J. Putty built. Damn right. Let's end up some positive news. A lot of shitty news this week. Let's yeah, you're right. You're right. Returns. Tired of hearing about injuries. Tired of hearing about releases. Let's hear about people coming back. Yeah. Dean Ambrose has reported to the WWE Performance Center this week. As part of his physical therapy and Amazing. rehabilitation. He's not sure whether it's part of his physical therapy or if this is the process of coming back into the ring yet. Okay. So we'll keep you updated on that. Rumor going around is that he will come back in time for SummerSlam. Oh, wow. That's soon. So hopefully it's part Months. of his in ring return. Months. Um, what do you expect they do with uh, Dean Ambrose? Because I feel like he was getting a little stale. He is stale. As he was leaving. Uh, rumor is that he's going to come back as a heel. Okay. The feud with Seth Rollins. Mm. So it's too early to tell yet. So we'll keep you updated on that. Jason Jordan is tentatively expected to return sometime in July. At NXT, general manager William Regal is expected to return at NXT tapings this week after spending several weeks away due to health reasons, so how do you see him back? William Regal's great. Yeah. There's no word on what his health issues were, mm-hmm. but how do you see him back? Absolutely. All right, let's get some cheers whoa, and heels. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Michael J. Putty. Before we get into cheers and heels, 
here at A Shot of Wrestling. We're all about offering you variety, and today is no different. We love the wrestling and music connection that there's been going on through history. And today, here at A Shot of Wrestling, we're going to offer you a new single by Bobby Garcia, a rapper from Queens, New York. And here is his new track. We all want to live better. Better life for my mom. Better, better life for those kids. Better, everything looking better, better. That's just how I want to live. Better, better life for my girl. Better, better life for her friends. Better, everything looking better, better. That's just how I want to live. Better, better life for my friends. Better, better life for my men. Better, everything looking better, better. That's just how I want to live. Better, that's just how I want to live. That's just how I want to live. That's how I wanna live. That's how I wanna live. Had to stop a lot to make it better for the family. Uh-huh. Jalen in Miami. Yep. Baby Bobby understand me. Yep. Oldest daughter can't stand me. Cause the daddy on a job. In a hood I'm a boss. Huh? I don't need no new friends. Yep. Too many friends I lost. Grab a cop and crib before I cop a porch. I ain't copping work cause I gotta knock it off. Grab a hand off, get my man off. If he had me, I don't care what he do with it. Through living, I'm through driven. There's no way they can stop me down. They try to knock me down a thousand times. And a thousand times I got right back up. Right in the club with the Henny in the cup. Binning on the wrist, I'm giving it up. Doing a mummy dance with the ass in touch. Pretty little thing, fast and rough. Lady Buck, Grand Port Truck. Andy Martinez, Lady Luck. Have had that money like Ethan Struck. How we gonna stop? We not giving up. We bad boys, just like Puff. Funk, flex, DJ, enough. New York, we need it back. Better, better than it ever been. No, I'ma bring it back. Better, better than we ever did. New York is to get money. If they fall, fall, fall away from them then. Better life for my mom. Better, better life for those kids. Better, everything looking better, better. That's just how I want to live. Better, better life for my girl. Better, better life for her friends. Better, everything looking better, better. That's just how I want to live. Better, better life for my fans. Better, better life for my men. Better, everything looking better, better. That's just how I want to live. Better, that's just how I want to live. Better, that's just how I want to live. Better, that's just how I want to live. I done came up with shit, I done came up with shit But if I'm gonna grind for something, make a better life for those kids Better life for my mom, better life just to live I just pray to make it better, better I just pray that I never let up I just pray to get the cheddar cheddar I just pray that this ain't a setup Niggas hating when you get your bread up Cause told me gotta hold your head up Save your money when you throw your bread up I just wanna live better, 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 better Than I ever did I just wanna take you on a couple places, places we ain't never been I just wanna pop a couple bands, type of money, money we ain't never spend Tell my baby that I got the ring, God blessing him and he ain't got a sin All this losing, man, I gotta win, feeling like I'm on top again When you find your flow, you just drop again, ride the beat like you ride the wind Me and B.O.B., we been hot for years, my family shit like we're rocking here Still rocking with them like rocking chairs, lick the shot for those not in here Feeling like I love a lot this year, still right before who we got in here Better life for my mom
A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown. And Impact. And Lucha Underground. And Heat. Let's start off with Raw. Do I watch Raw this week, Green Man? Um, I think I watched like the beginning of it, and I kind of—I mean, it was a uh, late night at work, and then I kind of fell asleep. Like maybe watch a good two hours of it. I thought it was a pretty solid show till well, I fell wasn't, asleep. Wasn't too bad. Yeah. Going to cheers to Seth Rollins Dolph Ziggler match, and the subsequent sixth IC reign of Dolph Ziggler. About time. Roman Reigns is getting boring for me. Not Roman Reigns, sorry. He's uh, Seth Rollins. Freudian slip there. Uh, yeah, Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, boring new, and Roman new, Reigns just go hand in hand. Yeah. The new direction with going with Dolph Ziggler and uh, Drew McIntyre. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I mean, with the IC title, only had to use that fire. What other championship do you think they could uh, gain together? Being that no one cares about tag teams anymore, the tag team titles. Okay. And uh, that's pretty much all that's left. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Also, want to cheers the B team invitation of the Deleters of Worlds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, side cheers. They having, did it very well. Side cheers having Bo Dallas play Bray Wyatt because it was great casting. Oh my they, god, dude! They like almost look like they identical. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, what was funny. It it was like I saw that, and then I was like, "You look really lo- yeah. much like him." And I was like, "Oh, it's because you're brothers." Oh, what? You think for Raw? Side booking. I think one of the reasons that Raw ran so well for me, it. it it was a good balance show. So the beginning of Raw started really well. We were all really excited about Alexa Bliss winning the women's championship at Money in the Bank. She cashed in. And the way it played off was that the Raw general manager, uh, Kurt Angle, was supposed to have this big ceremony, which he totally played down. Ronda Rousey comes out. And this was probably my biggest cheer for, for Raw. She comes out and she goes ballistic and she starts hitting everybody. The only complaint I have about the, the way that, about that was that the way she hit, uh, Kurt Angle with the briefcase looked like an old lady hitting like <laughs> a pervert with a bag of coins sure, yeah. over their head. Like, eh, eh, here you go. Eh. Analogy, you know, man. he wasn't even selling it at that point, which is smart because it barely hurt, you yeah. know? But I like the fact that she attacked the guards, and I like the fact that she went backstage and she was like, you know, she was suspended. Corey Graves sold it very well. Like, she should have been fired, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it started off very well. Then you had a nice, strong match. Then you had more more promos. Uh, so the balance of the Raw show was very nicely booked for me. All right, cheers. Jinder Mahal winning cleanly and possibly a new direction for his character. I didn't see that match. He was all up talking about positivity and new outlooks on life it, it seemed like different for him it seemed like he's going with a new character direction for him so I'm curious to see where this goes okay my last cheers is going to be the very very impressive showing by Constable Corbin I like he where carry yeah. that match and I like where his character is going I think I think it's a great way because obviously he shaved his head right yeah, it was it was probably that. it was probably something that was discussed well, I'm feeling it it was, well, it was probably something that was discussed backstage for a while. They were like, all right, the whole corporate baron, you know, like, what are we going to do with this hair? You know, are we going to sell it or are we going to, you know, move on? You know, and then finally, I think somebody said, all right, if we're going to move on, then let's revamp the whole Baron Corbin look. You're new on Raw. Let's give you something different. And that goes in character with your new look. And I think the look with his character the constable corbin 
thing is is working. The other thing that I like about this is that it's not just an authority figure. He's actually wrestling in the ring. Like I thought it was just going to be, you know, backstage Good. like like he was just going to be you know, the new outlaw backstage, you know, uh running running the show or helping Kurt Angle run the show. But he's actually putting a new layer into the authority figure because he's actually getting in the ring. And doing a much better job than he's ever been. Than anybody has ever who was an authority figure, other than Triple H, and Kane, I would say. Kane did a good job, too. But, like, in that match, I think that was his coming out. It was great. Good for him. But here's the thing. It only matters what you take it from here, right? So you can't then have Constable Corbin come out and, and lose matches. Did you watch SmackDown? Did not get a chance to watch SmackDown. So fill me in. Cheers, Carmella and James Ellsworth reunited. And it feels so good. She's doing a promo. Spoiler alert, she looks smoking hot. Of course, Asuka comes out and interrupts her. But it's James Ellsworth. Like you didn't know when he walked out of the curtain. Asuka doesn't wear a hood over her face. So James Ellsworth gives her a big hug after revealing himself. The hug lasts a little bit too long because you see her like disgusted (laughs) and push him away. And then James Ellsworth also goes like, the saying how when you love somebody, you set them free, let them go. And she was like, Mal, yeah, love somebody. Yeah. I mean, Carmella's great. Carmella's, Carmella's great because she's annoying. I got to be honest. I am, I'm annoyed by Carmella on my screen. Why? She's fucking fantastic. She's a, she's a beautiful woman. She's the way she antagonizes little, and she tries to put herself over. The little nuances she did. Uh, it's annoying that. to me. It, I don't know. Good. It just, it Congratulations. Just, that's what I, you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Here. But that's why I, I, w- I would cheer something like that. Um Breaking news, just so you know. Um, I'm breaking news to you. We haven't talked about this before. And I'm sure you were concerned as soon as you saw James Ellsworth appear on our uh, at our viewing party. Because James Ellsworth is supposed to be the superstar who will be signing at our table at Boardwalk Beatdown. So my first question to you was, what does this mean to our signing at Boardwalk Beatdown? Just to let you know. Let's talk to standalone management. James Ellsworth is still working the show in um august with for- carmella fantastic <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. James no 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 we didn't we didn't book all of that but you never know with the wwe you never know if if the contract is going to extend past um august if that's the, the case or um if they might just say hey james this, we might have to pull you from the show so but as of now i could um, let you know with confidence that James Elfworth will be there at Boardwalk Beatdown. Lucha Underground? Yay! Lucha Underground's don't, back, baby! Don't shout like Season that. four. You watch? So. Here it is. It's a no. <laughs> Verizon sucks. Wait a second. Let me tell you. Verizon doesn't Ver- suck Ver- because they have the L-Ray network. They suck the fact that the package you got. Does not have the L-Ray network. You're right. And then they want to charge me an extra $20 yeah. a month That's why just like- to get one extra channel. That's why it's special. Bitches. Spectrum type water. Fuck I Spectrum. I hate I... Spectrum too. Why? Uh, because it, it has horrible connection, horrible Wi-Fi connection. Not for me, this guy. I know. But listen, I have caught up with Lucha Underground through YouTube, thank the Lord. This test uh, episode? Um, yes. I haven't gotten all the way through, so I didn't get to the end, but I got to the parts that I did want to see. Right, cheers. Uh, Jake Strong, formerly known as Jack Swagger, making his debut in the temple. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's uh, good to see this man back in the ring doing what he does best. I was, I'm always a Jack Swagger fan, so I'm happy to see what he did. Do you think Storm is a one-off appearance? Storm? Strong. Strong? No, I don't think so. Our former friend Matt Stryker kept saying how he's, he's coming with a swagger. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> the words there. Also, cheers to the debut of Sammy Guevara. This is the first time I've heard of, uh, seen him, actually, in the ring. And uh, 
pretty impressive. I was very interested. It, w- it was interesting to see that he was introduced into this trio match, you know? So not only was he not in singles competition, I mean, this is a guy who's gone one-on-one with Ricochet. He's gone one-on-one with Zack Sabre Jr. He's gone one-on-one with, you know, the names of the names out there in the independent, in the independent scene. And he's signed to Infamous Inc., which is, seems to be a hot prospect. I think it put well. Not not only is he he signed, but the fact that Swagger is signed, strong. Um, strong. Sorry, but also it brings up that faction. It brings up like, yeah, maybe this agency does have the pull to find the best talent out there. And why is Sammy able to wrestle with his own name, but Swagger isn't? Did you question yourself that? No, I was just as interested because Sammy Guevara isn't a character W created. Jack Swagger is. Well, I, I. Hands down, I've always been a part of the Panda family. You can follow uh, yeah, Semi Guevara on, on YouTube. There's weekly content on his page. He takes you on his journey. Um, and eventually he hopefully will take you on the journey into the temple or the farm, as he likes to say. To learn more about it, go check out his interview on episode 101. Shadow, Shadow Wrestling. Wrestling. Also, cheers. Whoa. Katrina. <laughs> Looking like a dominatrix Lara Croft. Smoking hot. You know, she popped up in a room with some guy. He was sitting by himself in a room all alone. Then she popped up with uh, the new owner of the John Underground. He was sitting in a dark room by himself. Now, Katrina, I'm often sitting alone in a dark room by myself anyway. Why can't you pop up in my <laughs> I remember an episode, I think it was season one. Mm-hmm. You started talking about it. And you told that me about her. so beautiful. You said, it's and fine. I quote, she's Putty's type. Oh, she's fine. Look her up. So I looked her up on Instagram. Facebook and Twitter. She's a spoken hot woman. And that's the first time I'm seeing her actually in person, hearing her speak, not on just pictures, mm-hmm. but on a TV show. She lost some sort of life force. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Just give it back to her. She's fucking spoken hot. She's fucking serpent. Whoa. Whoa. That's the reason why I'm going back to Lost Underground. <laughs> Last time you were on the show, we made a declaration to watch Impact. Yes. I follow through on that week in and week out. I'm assuming you have not with the busy schedule you have. Unfortunately, I have not yet, right? Have you checked anything out on Impact? How you listen to the show? I'm all in on I, you know, you know what's weird? I got to tell you this right now. What's weird is there's so much wrestling out there right now. And Michael J. Putty, because of a shot of wrestling, has committed to watch even more wrestling than what you normally watch. Only because it's the summer. Let me just, <laughs> brother, let me just tell you that I have listened to a lot of the shows and I have been awed at <laughs> the you. amount of information that I absorb just by listening to your show. I'm like, dude just went to dirt sheets. Dude just went through the news. He just gave me reviews. I'm like, you know what? I feel all caught up with this week in wrestling. Um, and now you're including Impact, Love also which won. I'm like, you know what? I'm not an Impact fan, but because of listening to you in a shot of wrestling, I could easily just pick up the product next week and be like, I know exactly what's going on. Because I'm not a dummy. Yeah. So I think. It doesn't work when you do it. <laughs> oh, snap. Conan's back. Like, whatever happened to him, I don't know. Before my time in Impact. Okay. But King is responsible for what happened to him, right? That's like the first impression I got when I saw King as the head of the table at LAX's clubhouse. Because mm. when he first mentioned what happened to Conan being gone, it, it's like, okay, like you did that though, right? <laughs> then Conan coming back to like accuse... You can't fool me. Conan comes back to accuse him of something, and King says something like this. What did he say? Where's the proof? Like, if you accuse me of kicking your ass, 
Right. I'd be like, no, bro, I didn't do that at all. Yeah. Not like, where's the fucking proof? <laughs> King's hiding something. King did it. <laughs> fucking knew it. I told him. <laughs> Fuck King. Dude, you, okay. So the last few shows that you've been um, reviewing slash uh, critiquing Impact. And I'm all in. Yeah. You get, you, so you have got, so <laughs> you get so invested over, like reviewing this show, because doing so but much. then you're talking about so WWE little. and you're talking about their product, and you're like, "Yeah, so this sucked, this sucked, eh, but this was okay." Well, this week I got a lot but of the, I got a lot of cheers this week. Yeah, but then, for, but then for Impact, you get like you could new. tell the passion. You know? it's, it's so like, cool. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> and again and again, why is Scott Steiner here? Scott Steiner won his match mm-hmm. against KM. Who he walked around the ring high fiving fans. Okay, Scott. Yeah. But some fans wanted to do too sweet sign. Okay. How does Scott Steiner fuck this up? What did he do? All right. This is audio. So let me try to explain it to you. You take your hand out. Yeah. Palm to your face, right? Uh-huh. Ring, middle finger, bring down, bring your thumb in to meet it. Almost like a puppet shadow of a dog. Okay. Right? That's a too sweet sign. Too if, sweet. You're, if you're listening to the... Come on. Just tell him to do the too sweet too sign. Sweet. If, if you're listening to a wrestling podcast... So if I'm doing too a too sweet, sweet sign, sign like, let's meet in the middle. Our, the dogs pretty much kiss. Okay. Fucking Scott Steiner. All four fingers <laughs> are on the thumb. <laughs> like, I don't even tight on the thumb. Like loose. Like a loose. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Lame. Yeah. Last week I mentioned this again. I'm going to cheers it again. Eddie Edwards' downward spiral. Eddie Edwards went home this week to his house. Okay. Apparently in Boston. Apparently he's in Boston. Okay. He was locked out of his house. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get in. Sucks when that happens. You don't have any keys for some reason. I hate it when that happens. He broke down the door. To his own house? Yes. Nothing was in the house, which I'm assuming leads us to believe his wife left him. Okay. That sucks, buddy. (laughs) Nothing's in the house. He's walking around the whole house. Everything's empty. Everything's gone. Imagine. Then he sees a mirror. Then Sammy Callahan's in the mirror. He breaks the mirror, saying it's all his fault. Uh Uh-huh. The downward spiral of Eddie Edwards continues. I am loving this. Yeah? (laughs) Woo! Great stuff. I was going to cheers Madison Rain. Okay. You know, the name sounds familiar. She retired to have a baby. Mm-hmm. She comes back, beats Tessa Blanchard cleanly. Nice. Beats Talia Valkyrie cleanly. Can we see her in some indie shows yeah, yeah. near us, please? Not too fucking shabby. No yeah. wonder she's a fucking five-time knockout champion. Madison Rain's a fucking kind of a badass. Yeah. My ongoing struggle. Week in and week out. The GWN clip of the week. Okay. <sighs> this week. I time it. Eight and a half minutes. Oh, God. Oh. They're not listening to you, Michael no. J. <laughs> They're not. It was eight and a half minutes. It was like, it picks up in the middle of this match. You're, you're giving. The, the replay, the flashback, had replays. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking it's, with you, man. That's not, not how flashbacks work. Flashbacks can be like, flash, 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 flash. Not eight minutes of fucking rest holds. People catching their breath. <sighs> Damn. No one listens to you. But as I was watching this clip of the week. For eight minutes. It's a match. Eight and a half. You minutes. watch a match. Yeah. As I was watching Madison Rain talk about her accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You know, not for nothing, honestly. Very impressive. It, I realized it was kind of weird because it's kind of weird for me to watch a product I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. For the last 35 years of my life, I watched WWE. Right. So when you mentioned Shawn Michaels or The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan or the rivalry between Edge and Randy Orton. Yeah, I lived that. Yeah. But look at the rivalries of Madison Rain and fucking Taya, Valkyrie. I'm like, I don't. I just watched it for the first time tonight. I don't. Right. I don't. Know what this is about. Do you feel they they the, have to or do this, that? The uh, the Sanjay Dot versus uh, Loki match. I'm like, 
Ooh, yeah. That, is that a rivalry I should care about? Like, I know nothing about TNA. I think anything with low-key you should care Except about. Except the main event mafia. Remember, I watched that for a little bit. But I'm so used to knowing the history of the product I watch. Right. It's weird to watch a product I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. With blind eyes. Which so, is good. Oh, yeah. It kind it's of good. good. I'm all in, so. So do you think, for, for you, like the new fan, are like these flashbacks and these long replays, like, beneficial for you to get to know the yeah. product even more? Does one have a love-hate relationship? Yeah, because yeah, but if I want, if you want me to, to subscribe to your network, mm-hmm. don't give me everything. Do you want, you want them to give you enough that makes you want to... Oh, tell me, Dreamer of RVD. Oh, let me see, let me see what fucking happened here. Let me yeah, me. you want to go and buy the, net, the network. No, fucking there. both the men on their backs catching their fucking breath. No, let me go back and watch and see what happens. Right. Which is what the WWE Network did great during the Hardys documentary. Because now I'm thinking... Yes. Let me go back to watch the whole fucking Broken Hardy gimmick. Yeah, stick. you're right. I will pay the money to watch that again. Mm-hmm. So, too long, folks. Give me clips. Watch the WWE Clip of the Week. It's like 30 seconds. <sighs> Great points. Thank you. I'm here for. But still, I'm very, I'm very interested in the product, and I love how passionate you are about yeah. it. Makes me want to watch it. Should yeah, should, should watch it. It's not bad. Yeah, that's all the wrestling this week. Way too much. Well, you're reviewing and, and cheers and healing four shows now. Yeah, <laughs> three, two, two, seven, eight hours of wrestling. Wow. How are the ratings fair this week? This week, Raw drew a 2.903, which is up 6% from last week's 2.73. Raw was number three for the night in viewership behind Fox News. Raw was number two in the night in 18 to 49. Demographic behind. Love and hip hop. Smackdown this week drew a 2.315, which is up also 6% from last week's 2.183. Smackdown was number eight in viewership behind Retro Maddo and The Last Word and a bunch of other Fox News shows. Smackdown was number one, however, in 18 to 49 demographic for the third week in a row. Impact this week drew a 262,000, which is down from mm. last week's 276,000. Impact ranked 128 in the cable top 150. Last week it was 125. Any time tonight in cable, but the NBA draft was number one in 18 to 49 demographic. Anybody draft any heels? I don't watch. I don't know. That's oh. what only the Irwin the voice here for. Okay. They don't release Lucha Underground ratings. I guess it's too low. But <laughs> I don't think they're too low. I just don't think they're someone's up on it. Maybe it's also an L Ray network, so it's maybe not like one of the like you don't those, get it in certain packages yeah. with Verizon. It's a shame. Uh, it is available on YouTube. Um, so if you just hit up and write Lucha Underground season four episode, we just watched episode two. So next week will be episode three. Um, and just keep doing that. It usually shows up the day after it shows. So Lucha Underground comes out on Wednesdays. It'll come out on Thursdays. Still looking forward to. So we've seen Jack Swagger debut. We've seen Tommy Dreamer debut. We've seen Sammy Guevara debut. Mr. Spectacular. Can we see our very own Sonny Kiss make his debut soon? Coming, right? Yeah, I think it's third week. So I think it's either third or fourth week coming up. So stay tuned. Thanks for a big time in your busy schedule. Come back to your old stomping grounds. Don't make studios. Welcome back, buddy. He's like riding a bike. You didn't miss a beat. Looks good, man. You keep being clean. You well, Febrezed I, it a little bit. Got a guess last week. Oh, so it's, it stayed clean from the. Usually, week come before. and lock the door, take your pants off, get a fucking bottle of Jack Daniels, or kick back and relax. Feel the test. <laughs> but I have to be professional, wear clothes, and drink water. But you know, yeah, good job. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me back. It's we're gonna be. It's gonna be a busy summer for a shot of wrestling. Um, we have the BCW show coming up on July thirteenth. The first time coming into the Bronx. What was the, what's the name again? It is Red. White and Bruce. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great name. It's a great name. Whoever thought about it, props Genius. to you. Yeah, props to you indeed. Yeah, so it's the first time in the Bronx. It's the first time we're going to be heading down there. Yep, a lot there. of great uh, matches. Up there. I'm up not, there? I'm not yeah. Going. I'm not going. There's a lot of. Fuck the Bronx. <laughs> 
There's a lot of great matches. If you thought the last show was great, just wait till we start making announcements. You doing commentary for this time? Red White and Bruce? You know what? I haven't gotten the call yet. yet. Don't know yet. Um, <laughs> they haven't heard me on Fight TV yet, so I don't know. Have you bought it yet? Have you seen it yourself? It, I, it hasn't come out yet. Oh. It hasn't come out yet. Um, it should be coming out in within the next week or so. But yeah, it was a strong card, and I think the Bronx is going to be even stronger. Uh, we have a few surprises up our sleeves, so stay tuned. Uh, then we have, we're then gearing up for Boardwalk Beatdown, which is on August 24th, 25th, and 26th, which uh, we will be very busy. So stay tuned on some of the mount- announcements about our schedule for that weekend coming up. All right, so uh, can you announce who next week interview is? Oh, you already want to know? Michael J. Putty. Let me tell me to ask you. <laughs> All right, Michael J. Putty. Usually I don't do this. Not not in my best practice, but I could with confidence say that next week interview is someone who's great, someone who knows how to party, and someone who will have a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll be discussing um, his upcoming match against Alberto Del Rio this weekend in Florida. We'll be talking about his involvement with Enzo Amore, you know, that Times Square little fiasco, little stunt that he pulled. We'll be talking a little bit about that, and uh, we'll be talking about a little bit about legendary action wrestling and what's going on with him and brother to the show the sexy zayn eric jaden if you haven't figured it by now it's cha-cha time because cha-cha is coming to the show next week cha-cha charlie all right good job i look forward to it oh awesome sorry should be a good interview it will be any go home thoughts my friend just thank you man i've been feeling very grateful lately um grateful obviously for in my personal life for my family um the summertime makes me feel very grateful and thankful and i feel blessed by all the relationships that this little podcast that could is bringing into us man uh you definitely reap what you sow and we're keep gonna keep sowing into professional wrestling and it's doing great business for us so we're gonna keep going it's gonna be a busy summer but feel very blessed to be part of it i'm very blessed to have you along my side my friend we're here for that's what i do best thanks for being here it's good to have you back so for green man for Adam McQueen, I have been host at Michael J. Party. Until next week, party out. All right, everybody, you, we have made it to my favorite part of the episode. It's last call, and we still have the fabulous one, Eddie McQueen, here with us. Eddie, it's rapid fire questions. The first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, I'm scared, but I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and away we go. Who is your favorite wrestler? Angelina Love. What is the worst job you've ever had? Uh, shop right. What is the best payment you've ever received as a wrestler? Uh, $250. What is the one fashion rule that you like to break? Uh, I wear white whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> Who has been your favorite opponent? Oh, that's a hard one. You can't be giving me these fast run questions with these hard answers. My favorite opponent? Oh my God. Can <laughs> <laughs> <Would> I skip? <laughs> I just, just, I've had so many awesome you know, experiences in the ring. Like I got to work in blue meaning in 2014. Um, I mean, Joey Ryan was classic. Um, I love working alongside Rick. Um, I mean, early, early, early in my career, I was, you know, training side by side with Gianna Carrazzo. And I always used to love the matches we had, but that's just because we were kind of married at a certain point and had some chemistry in the ring together. Gun to the head. Pick one. Oh my God. Pick one. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say Joey Ryan. All right. What is the worst habit that other people have? Chewing with their mouth open. Which was your favorite WrestleMania? Ooh, 
22 because I got two Divas matches. <laughs> uh, who is your celebrity crush? Oh, Shawn Mendes. <laughs> and finally, what is the one thing in your bedroom that you cannot live without? Well, my bed, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when all the magic happens. Thank you very much, Eddie McQueen. It has been a pleasure, and I will be seeing you very soon. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>